Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. So we were talking about Nick Smith yesterday morning, and you know, my thought was maybe go from ten to twenty minutes or ten to twenty points, increase his minutes, you know, show that gradual, steady progression. Now, Georgia is obviously not one of the better teams in the conference. Uh, they're still in transition with with Mike White as their coach, but uh, so let's not pretend like you were playing the Lakers here. I mean, you were playing Georgia. But uh, you know, 26 points was a pretty good leap. And if this trend continues and trees don't grow to the sky, Nick Smith, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't say putting everyone on notice, but he's bringing this team back to a level that uh, we'd all imagine, that we'd all hope would, would be the magic level at the right time. So it you know, gives you some hope. Hopefully it's not false hope that uh, there's some life left in this team to do, to do better than just make the tournament be an eight or nine seed and be a sacrificial lamb to a one seed. There's some hope that maybe you could be uh, be a team that's undervalued or underseeded when the committee gets done. Must intentionally kept him in there for a longer period of time than maybe they expected initially. And Nick, again, deserved those minutes and looked good in the flow of the offense. One thing I really appreciate about Nick Smith Jr. is not only is a guy bringing the effort on both sides of the court, but when you watch him play basketball, when you watch him get a pass from a teammate, him drill a three or a backdoor, or if he makes a great pass and the guy that he throws it to knocks down the shot, he is so emphatic. High fives, pointing at the guy, let's go, just getting his teammates riled up. That is so important for the best player on your basketball team to be able to do that and communicate and connect with his teammates. And for him to have that performance last night, the biggest thing that happened last night throughout the game in the 40 minutes was when he drilled that three at the top of the key and got his confidence from that because after that, he went on to hit four more. And, you know, Arkansas built a 30-plus point lead. I mean, it was a runaway train, particularly in the second half. I mean, if you were looking for a competitive basketball game, it wasn't in Fayetteville in the last 20 minutes, and really from the moment, I think Arkansas was up 20 to 8, like 10 minutes in, and you were watching on TV, unless you moved to the app or whatever else, I, I DVR'd it and came back to watch, you, you missed the first 8 or so minutes. You know, Arkansas built a pretty good lead uh, in that first eight, 8 to 10 minutes for a first-half lead and just never looked back. Georgia was, you know, had one lead in this game, and it was in the first two minutes, and beyond that, it was it was all Razorbacks who held the lead for 39-plus minutes of this contest. I blame Kobe Brown. Missouri star forward has a layup attempt at the end of the Missouri game and blows it. The game goes to overtime. The ESP app's not working for Arkansas and Georgia, and you have to sit there. And I was listening to Chuck the whole time, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but I also wanted to have it on my television screen as well. 
And so, like we were talking about yesterday morning, there's no way that thing gets done in two hours before. All Kobe Brown had to do was make that layup, and the game would have actually started mm-hmm. on time on the television, and he blew it, and it had to go to overtime and took a little bit longer. Yeah, and then they had some monitor reviews, and then it just went on and on and on. But uh, hopefully technology will figure that. I think we're probably going to talk about some of that later on with football and some of the rule changes that football is looking to uh, to implement uh, that that and it's a big problem with sports. It's not just basketball. It's it's football where they can't get the television broadcast started for the game uh, that's coming up after. You know that that's a that's an issue. But big win, um, ninety seven points. I thought they were going to get to hundred. Georgia kind of stalled it out there in the last seconds. I don't. I think they were they were playing defense with offense. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to give up a hundred, and uh, the Hogs uh, didn't need it. They uh, they get above five hundred with three games to go, and now one win away in their final three from uh, doing no worse than 9-9 nine and nine in league play this year. Yeah, which, unless something crazy happens, that's pretty much a guarantee to the NCAA tournament. You're not going to be the seed you want, but at that point in time, it would almost be a lock. You're welcome to jump in here this morning. As Tommy said, it is a What's Your Beef Wednesday, 877-377-6963. Starting lineup last night was Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Ricky Council, Makai Mitchell, and Devo Davis. You look at... Each of those guys individually, A.B. had eight eight assists, zero turnovers. Talked about that with Nick back, not as much load on him offensively, which is nice. Nick, as we said, a career-high 26. Ricky Council added 22 and three triples. Makai Mitchell, again, under the radar, but four assists, a career-high four assists for Makai last night. He looked really good. And then Devo. Devo didn't exactly fill up the stat sheet per se, but he did limit Georgia's best player shooting the basketball and ended up making both of his shots last night, which you'll like to see from Devo Davis. And I think it's important that you're still seeing that effort defensively, even though Devo's not getting the shot attempts he was midseason. That's encouraging to see that he's still giving 100% on the other end of the court, even though less looks on the offensive side. You play late last night. You got two full days in Fayetteville before you go take on number two Alabama. And we're going to get to some things going on around their program that are off the floor. But Alabama goes to South Carolina. They play late tonight. They're going to have 24 hours of less prep, less rest, less... uh, rehabbing your legs, all those things that, hey, at the end of February, it, there's just a wear and tear on you. And, um, you know, there's a lot of other things going on with Alabama besides 24 hours less rest that we got to discuss this morning. But uh, I like the fact that you got two full days in Fayetteville to polish up your final game plan before making this trip uh, to Tuscaloosa for the weekend. And this could be a completely different Alabama team that you faced earlier in the season in Budwall and Arena that you'll face in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. We'll see what happens for them in Columbia tonight. That's going to be huge, not just for SEC basketball news, but for college basketball as well, because to me, that's the number one team in the country and what they're dealing with right now. But again, this this day is about you, and I know that David has texted in already that Arkansas is going to be a tough out in the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to be tough in Tuscaloosa. I don't know if they're necessarily what I definitely feel differently than I felt on Monday about their chance and Tuesday about their chances in Alabama. I think Nick giving them that boost. That was what I said. I screamed it from the rooftop yesterday. The biggest thing for Nick was just to knock down some three pointers. He did exactly that. And like Tommy said, I don't know if it necessarily puts the SEC on notice and it since but it definitely has people raising their eyebrows a little bit saying, hmm, how much better is Arkansas with Nick back in there stretching the floor, knocking down threes, and being the player that he was coming out of high school? you got to wonder that, then uh, you hadn't paid much attention. I mean, they're, they're clearly better. I guess the question you really ask was how much better. 
I, and, I, and again, did they look awesome last night? Yes. Were they playing Georgia, team 131 in the net ranking? Yes. So, I mean, we need, you know, we need to temper a little bit of this. It's a great win. But, uh, and, and Georgia's not terrible, but they are 6-9 and nine now in league play. And I think we got to factor all of that in. Don't, let's not get too hyped. Uh, go beat Alabama, and then we'll let you, let you off the chain a little bit on getting fired up. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Happy Wednesday, Chuck. Not much to beef about this morning. Uh, they looked pretty good last night, didn't they? Nick Smith makes a big difference, I'd say. <laughs> he was, uh, Musk was chuckling in the press conference when talking about their zone offense. And he was like, ah, it changes a little bit with different personnel. That's the best they've looked in zone. He talked about in transition. I mean, across the board, it's hard to find a better game they played than see- this season than last night. Yeah, they played really well. I mean, they were, uh, they were good all over the floor. And guys, you know, Georgia beat Auburn. We didn't. Georgia beat Mississippi State. We didn't. Um, so, I mean, it's not like – and they beat a team that was a game behind them in the standings. If Georgia had won, they'd have tied them, which is, you know, kind of hard to believe when you watched them play last night. But, um, yeah, Arkansas is a different team now. Do they and, look? Uh, I think they played like it. From your front row seat, I know it does what on my TV and being in the arena, they, they seem like they have gained a new level of confidence with Nick Smith back in these last two games in particular. But – you know, I know last night when you win by, you know, and you're up by 35 at at one point in the game, it, you know, that that looks very confident. But do you get a sense just being around the team right now that they got a little more swagger than they had a week no ago? No doubt. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I think one of the keys in all this, we're going to focus on Nick, and I understand that, and, you know, getting back in the flow, playing, all that stuff. Um, the key in this to me is the, is the way his teammates have handled it. Um, you know, you guys were talking about Devo a little bit earlier. And, um, you know, Devo was required to shoot some earlier because that's what they had to have in terms of points. And, um, you know, you look at it now, and I'll just take the last two games as an example. Uh, the game before this one, it was all about Jalen Graham. You just kept feeding him the ball down low over and over and over again. Um, last night, Nick and Ricky. You know, those two were the guys that accounted for, I guess, what, almost 50 points, 48, 50 points, over half of your output. So, um, you know, there's got to be a willingness on the part of other players to let that happen. And I think, number one, it shows how they feel about Nick. 
and anyone that ever, you know, at any point this season, and I've wondered too, you know, is there is there jealousy? Are they fed up with all this? Are they, you know, just ready to move on? And, and the answer is obviously no, because they've accepted him back, and they want him to lead them. And that's what he's got a chance to do. One of the things I've noticed about Nick that you probably have too, Chuck, is he gets almost more excited when he makes a play for his teammate and the teammate converts. He found Jordan in the corner. He canned a three. He was pumped. They gave him a big high five, found Makai for a dunk. Same thing. That lob to Ricky, which I know you had a great call on. I mean, there's several plays where he got, he was jumping up and down just for finding the teammate, getting an assist. Oh, I think he loves playing. I think when you watch him play, you see a guy that loves playing basketball. I mean, that's what he was born to do, and that's what he's doing. And that's what I see out there. I, I just see a guy that just loves playing the game. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it was just it was fun last night. You, you put yourself in a position to win one of the last three, to have at least a 500 record. But this feels to me like, and maybe this is just the afterglow of a big win, uh, a decisive win, that uh, this isn't a team that I don't – I expect more than just winning one of the last three that's on the schedule. Well, I mean, I think they've got a chance to go out and you know, I think they can beat them all. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I said last night at the end of the broadcast, I mean, you just kind of have the attitude now of, hey, let's go play. Let's go play and see what happens. Um, I think Arkansas is a lot better equipped to, to, play, uh, to play Alabama and Tennessee. And, you know, Tennessee got beat last night. Mm-hmm. Tennessee got beat in College Station the same way we did. Um, you know, A and M. I think in the Arkansas game, A and M had like fourteen or fifteen points with about six or seven minutes to go in the half. You know, and ended up with about eighty. I was looking at the score last night, and Tennessee had held them to I think fourteen points with about seven and a half to go. Now they didn't get to eighty, but they came back and won the game. And um, you know, Tennessee's not invincible. What was that? Fifth or sixth loss for them in conference? Fifth loss? Four, so, I mean, four or five. Uh, they're really yeah, right now. I mean, they're not. Uh, they're not invincible. How about some of the dunks, particularly in the first half? Jalen Graham had a great one, and Ricky Council uh, kind of behind and reverse over the the head. Arkansas continues at moments to put on some highlight reel moments for their for their fans. Yeah, they fell in love with the lob a little too much last night. But <laughs> when you can throw over a defense the way they could last night, I get it. Um, yeah, they uh, Arkansas's got incredible athleticism, and that's. Again, it's a very short amount of time to throw this thing together with Nick back. It's a short amount of time. But you look at the progress that's been made just in the last two weeks, you know, since he started playing again. Um, They're a lot better this morning than they were the morning after he played the first time. So if they can continue to do that, uh, they're going to be okay. I'm not, you know, I don't know how far they're going to go, but I feel like this morning they can go a lot further than I felt like a couple of days ago. You said something a minute ago, and I meant to to interject this thought, but, you know, you're talking about Jalen Graham and feeding him the ball a, a game or two ago and kind of finding what's hot. It reminds me of, like, that second half against Penn State in the bowl game down at Tampa where you were just running it at will. You know, and you get in one of those football games where they can't stop you on the left side. You know, Muss is really good about, hey, if there's a weakness and the other team can't stop it, you just wear it out. And, you know, a lot of times basketball teams, you, you think about that more in football, but, you know, that that's really kind of the correlation I draw is, you find something and you just keep running that play over and over and over. And a lot of times in basketball, just that doesn't pan out the way we see it necessarily in football. Yeah, Florida was one of those games where you could do that. I mean, uh, Florida was a game where you could just keep feeding the low post. I thought last night one of the keys was they, they, they limited Georgia to one shot. Arkansas got the rebound. They turned and bang, they were up the floor. 
Uh, they played fast last night, and uh, I thought they were looking to score every time they got a you – know, they were looking to get up the floor and score every time they got a rebound, and they didn't give Georgia a bunch of second chances, and um, I thought that was – I just thought the tempo of the game uh, very much favored Arkansas. Georgia let that get out of hand in a hurry. I think it helps when you have four guards rather than three that you can play consistently, and they've had some transition games, but one of the things that Musk brought up post game is that Nick loves to get out in transition, and so I think you'll see that. That's going to be even more. And this offense, again, number one team in the field goal percentage-wise in the SEC. Now you add Nick back to it, three-point shooting transition. I mean, it's hard to say that they're going to get worse than what they're at right now. Well, let's think about what they did last night. They shot 64% from the floor. Arkansas has been in the SEC since 1992. They've never had a team shoot that high a field goal percentage in a conference game. It's never happened. So um, part of that's tempo. Part of that's Nick. Part of that just their play. You know, they played a great game last night. But um, I think you look at Arkansas's shot selection the last 10, 12 ball games, and you look at their shooting percentage, I mean, um, you know, Leading the conference in field goal percentages, you know, that's that's pretty good. And I think where they are right now in terms of their shot selection. Now, some of that's fed off the defense. Everything works together. Uh, limiting them to one shot. Um, forcing some turnovers. You know, I thought Arkansas's percentage last night, you mentioned dunks, Tommy. Dunks, pretty high percentage shot. <laughs> and they got a bunch of them. So... Um, that contributes to all of it. But I just thought they broke down Georgia's defense over and over again. When you have 26 assists, five turnovers, the percentage of shooting like you talked about with 64% plus 55% behind the three. I mean, it was just it was an all-cylinders game. Most passes ever from an Eric Mussman coach team. Forced, and I don't know who keeps up with that, but but bless their hearts. They probably got writer's cramp. 13 turnovers forced by Joe. I mean, it was just an all-cylinders you're hitting on every cylinders game last night. You know, it's interesting, and we talk a lot about how every game's different, but you look back at the Florida game, minimal assists in terms of baskets made because it was one of those nights where you just beat them one-on-one. You look last night, 26 assists, 37 made baskets. That's a very high percentage. Um, I can, you know, that's one of the stats I look at at the end of every game, and that is an unusually high percentage right there. So, you know, you look at their offensive output, the last two games, they've done it in different ways. Mm. They've done it in different ways, but they were, you know, very effective both times. Still a lot of point paints. I think they had, what, 50, was it 57 against Florida, but 40 last night. Still a lot of a lot of points in the paint. You mentioned the dunks again, points off turnovers. I mean, they just they did it however they needed to do it, uh, and, and whatever was open, they took what was in front of them last night. Well, I mean, he scored fifty four in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, Walsh I thought was very good in the second half. We we're we're going to focus, and and again, rightly so, on Nick and some of the others. But you know, you look at that stat sheet last night: Walsh nine and seven, Graham eight and five. You know, guys give you good numbers. Um, you know, you look at the uh, uh, the four assists in the Makai Mitchell column um, to go with five rebounds and seven points. Um, you're getting real contributions from other players. Sometimes you get 26 and 22, and then you're down to four. You know, nobody else does anything, but not that way at all. And you look at the numbers in the, in the, in the stats beyond the points, and there were lots of guys that contributed last night. Plus, Tommy, you brought up the points in the play. Plus 16 there, plus 16 off points off turnovers, plus 21 off the bench. Must said after the game that 
everyone contributed last night. And when you have something like that, when you have two guys go off for 20-plus, I'll mention Ricky and Nick combining for 48, and then other guys having those 8-5, and 9-7 and seven type of games, it's going to be a really tough yeah. basketball team to beat. But if, you, if, if you've got to be the guy that has the yeah, but moment, and I've been searching, I guess I found the one thing in the stat sheet, and you see, yeah, but. You mentioned all these other things. They Free throw shooting still last night. It didn't matter last night, but... It didn't matter, but twelve of twenty-two. <laughs> if you're looking for something, and we know they're out there, we've all been, we've all, we all got somebody in our family or our circle that's the yell butt guy. That would be the only yell butt I can find well, on the stat sheet. Let me tell you something. If you're picking apart a thirty-two point win, I'm glad I'm not around you every yeah. day because I'll, you'd be picking apart a perfect Saturday. Right. I mean, there is uh, there's just not much on this sheet that you can look at that just in in a. Um, you know, in like a season high or, or, a, or just a great number that uh, you'd strive for every game. I was cracking picking it. Picking apart the stat sheet does not make you a better fan. Sometimes people think it does. It makes them a better fan if they can pick apart a stat sheet. But that does I not know. Make you, that does not make you a better <laughs> I fan. I know. <laughs> hey, guys, can I talk about Wiker Realtors? Sure. Hey, if you're in the market to sell your home or buy your home, let me recommend my friends at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And, you know, when you when you partner with an agent from the Griffin Company, with a Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company agent, you're getting somebody that's the best trained in the business. It's not a side gig. It's not something they do to pick up some extra change. It's something they pay attention to every day. They understand the market. They study it. Uh, this is how they make their living. It's the only way they make their living. And that benefits you. I think it benefits you when you've got somebody working with you that does it every single day because they understand the market. It makes them a better negotiator, gets you from contract to close. If you're selling, it gets some money in your pocket. And if you're buying, it gets you in the house. And that's what they do better than anybody. That was my experience, and I think that's going to be your experience, too. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson, Missouri right now. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikerdGriffin.com. You know, Chuck, we were talking right before you got on about Alabama. They're up next for the Razorbacks, but that's not why everybody seemingly around the conference, maybe even around the country, is talking about Alabama this morning. I'm sure you've had time to to read the news, maybe have some conversations at the game last night. I, I just got a feeling that inside Bud Walton last night is everybody's getting ready for that 8 o'clock tip. Everybody, have you, everybody, the conversation went something like, have you seen this stuff about Alabama today? I imagine that was being whispered around uh, a lot of the arena last night. It was really incomprehensible um, what Nate Oates said yesterday. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, if there's an award for being tone deaf, he's, he's the all-time champion. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to discuss this from a basketball sense. Initially, I would be embarrassed to do that uh, because that's uh, that's not what this is about. People have spent the last 24 hours wondering how this affects Alabama, and I'm sitting there thinking, my gosh, a woman was murdered. A woman was murdered. This is not about Brandon Miller. It's not. It's not even. You know, it's not even about the way Alabama handled this. Although they've handled it about as poorly as anyone could, someone was murdered. You know, uh, a child lost her mother. Um, the family's grieving, and I thought Nate Oates yesterday was, um, um, I know he tried to come back and clarify it later in the day, but the amazing part to me in all this is, you know, they've known about all this. They've let him play. They've let him play, knowing about all this. They weren't surprised by what happened yesterday, and um, they've had all this time to get ready to say whatever they were going to say. And then that comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just unbelievable. I've got to believe 
that decisions of this magnitude go beyond just the head coach. I've got to believe administration in the athletic department, Greg Byrne. maybe even the university level, are involved in these conversations. If I, if my memory serves me correct, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, didn't somewhere in this time frame also Nate Oates get a contract extension oh, and a yeah. raise? Just yeah, a, he got a raise. Like a month ago? Um, well, you know, I mean, hey, they're at a, you know, they're at a moment that's going mean, to have far-reaching ramifications th- for a long time. That's what I'm saying is when this goes beyond this is how people that have had a lot of success and got big winning records or led successful departments or universities this is how you still get fired even well, if things went great yeah i mean you're the number 2 team in the country and it feels like this could be the end of Nate Oates could at, be at, at Alabama could be might be the end of Nate Oates period i don't know i mean Dave Bliss was a pretty good coach and that stuff happened at Baylor and He's been coaching in the minor leagues ever since. Um, I don't know what's going to happen here. I do know, and you mentioned the administration. Um, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed. If they're not embarrassed, they should be. If they're not humiliated, they should be. Um, if they're satisfied with the way things went yesterday, they don't have an ounce of decency in them. And uh, they may not. I don't know. But um, the way they handled it yesterday was about as indifferent as anyone could be to a tragedy that goes way beyond basketball. My guess would be that the board of trustees, and I don't know what they call it there, but whatever they call their board of trustees, they're involved. Presidents involved. Mm -hmm. Chancellors involved. Um, Look, you want to win, and I understand all that. Everybody wants to win. This is not a he said, she said. This is not something that happened at a bar or a dorm or, you know, when people were together and when it's over, somebody says, well, he or she's lying. It's not like that. It's all out there. It's all out in the open. Somebody was murdered. Somebody was murdered. And you've got a college basketball player with a bullet riddled the car when it's all over with. He supplied the gun. If he doesn't take that gun over there, I'm betting nobody dies. And um, it, it's, um, again, it was just incomprehensible to me yeah. the way Alabama handled it yesterday. They'll come back, try to clean it up today. Um, you know, I know that, and, and, and I am going to get into the basketball part here now that we've discussed the other part. Um, I don't know how you can play Brandon Miller. I don't know how you can play him. Uh, it would not surprise me at all if he's not done. It wouldn't surprise me if he never plays another game there again. Um Nate Oates is in hot water. He's in hot, hot water. And you could see it on his face yesterday. He knows it. Um, Now, he didn't have any control over what happened that night. But he's had, this is college sports. He's had absolute total control over what's happened since. So Absolute total control over what's happened since. And that's on him. Is the bottom line winning games just meant more? Is that the bottom line here? Well, apparently so. My question is, what should have happened? Because we're all up in arms that this was the wrong decision. This is a terrible look for We should have been suspended. Should have been suspended. Period. End of story. Immediately? Yes. 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 And Jaden Bradley should have been too. Both of them should have been suspended immediately. Okay. So who is more of the blame on? Is it on Nate Oates? Is it on Greg Brand? I know you, I mean, outside the players themselves. Well, Well, it's not important who you pin the blame on right now. The coach runs the show. uh, It's it's college sports. It's back to Watergate. 
what did you know and when did you know it? I mean, if Greg Byrne was not, and I can't imagine something of this magnitude, the yeah. AD's not asking a lot of questions. If he's not, then that's incompetence on his part, and he seems like a very competent AD. Well, so I've got to believe he he knew the facts of the matter weeks ago, just like Nate Oates. There's no question that he did. And if I'm one of the board of regents or one of the board of trustees, did I know about that when I voted for that raise? And why didn't I? Uh, if I didn't, why didn't I? Uh, there's going to be, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of fallout. I I, I I hesitate to say that. You know, this guy's going to get fired or that guy's going to get fired or somebody's career may be over. But I'm going to tell you, the adults have screwed this one up. Now, the kids did it at the start, but it's just like everything else in life. It ain't the crime, it's the cover-up. What and, did you uh, know? That's, that's, that's what's going on. And when did you know it? Yeah. Well, they knew that day. That's not a question. Yeah. People say, well, that's, that's the question. No, it's not a question. That question's been answered. They knew that day. They knew the day it happened. Here's uh, you mentioned the basketball side of things. Here's Gary Parish, who's pretty well known in college basketball circles on this whole matter. Representing a major university is a privilege, not a right. And even the best version of this story has your star player possessing a gun that's not his late at night and handing it off to somebody who then handed it off to somebody who used it to kill a young woman. It's obviously a devastating and troubling story. And I, I think if Brandon Miller were somebody other than one of the very best players in the country, he would have already been suspended and, and perhaps dismissed from a basketball team. And that's the angle I wanted to hit. This is the best player on what I think is the best team. Is that the only reason that he was playing the last few well, weeks? Well, that, that and, and I don't understand all the legal stuff, guys. And Chuck, you may know more about the process, but the prosecutor didn't bring the charges. I guess the, the, the grand jury's being presented the evidence and perhaps the charges will be brought there may point. very well be something happen there. Uh, there may very well be something happen there. This is, uh, um, well, I mean, it's as plain as the nose on your face. I mean, to ask the question, you know, would this have happened if he wasn't the best, one of the best players in the country would have been handled this way? Well, of course not. I mean, of course not. That's, that's you know, that's elementary. Um, if these guys were just three fellows off the street, four fellows off the street, they'd all be in jail right now. Every single one of them. They'd have been perp walked. They'd have been... I mean, they'd have, uh, uh, you know, the community be ready to hang them. Like you said, that, you know, what gets glossed over in, in the conversation, and you hit it right uh, 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 up front where it should be, someone died. This isn't a DWI. This isn't a, a robbery. This isn't, you know, many other things we've seen play out across college athletics over 20 or 25 years. You know, this was a murder. Well, I can guarantee you there are people within that university down there that are very, very displeased over this. And um, I think today's going to be an interesting day. Um, I'll be surprised if Brandon Miller plays tonight. And Do you think there's a chance that Saturday when Arkansas plays Alabama, Nate Oates isn't on the bench? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not you know, close enough to that situation down there to know. I know that he's embarrassed his university. And I guarantee you that there are people within that within the hierarchy of that university that are not happy about it. And we get to see Alabama, and maybe you know tonight they played eight o'clock against South Carolina. So, uh, see, here's the thing: if Miller plays bold. tonight, yeah. if Miller plays tonight, this is the lead story again tonight. Miller doesn't play tonight, Matt. It it might not be. I don't know, but um, 
you know, I thought they revealed their true colors early in the day yesterday. I don't care what their revised statement said last night. And I think if Brandon Miller's on the floor tonight, it'll it'll reveal a little bit more. I just don't know after all this time how you say something as, again, tone deaf as Oates said initially on this matter. I don't know how you do that. You want, you know. Well, that's, that's what we were talking about a minute ago. I mean, how does that happen? It, number one, you're insensitive to what the facts of the case are, and you're not recognizing them even though you know them. And number two, you haven't been prepared by the people around you that are paid to prepare you to make the right statements yeah. in those moments. That That's the bottom line on, that, on how that happened yesterday for, for me. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dine-in and carry-out. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pasco have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pasco protection plan. Call the pros at Pasco and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPasco.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we heard Dave Van Horn talk about the new college baseball rules this weekend in Arlington. Well, there are some possible rule changes coming to college football as well in terms of time. Tommy, you've seen him. You can talk about these more in depth than I can. And Chuck, I want you to obviously give your opinion on this. Do they need to change more rules with timing in college football? Yes, but I think some of these that are on the table are dead on arrival. Um, The idea of running the clock on incomplete passes, I think, is dead on arrival. That's not going to happen, I don't don't think. But um, I think the one that probably is most likely to pass and move forward is the clock continuing to run on first downs. College football has a problem that they can't seem to fit the game consistently anywhere near a three-hour box. And TV really wants these basketball games to fit in a two-hour box, and they would love for football to fit in a three-hour box. It would mean if they could consistently do that, they could effectively have four games in a day on one network uh, from start to finish in a broadcast day. They can't get there because the games last longer than NFL games. Some of that's halftime, being longer in in the college game. Uh, Some of it's replay but a lot of it's timing rule as well. So 
They've got to fix a few things. I think when it comes to replay, Chuck, there's going to be more expedited replay this year that won't have to go to the to the monitor, if you will, and we'll speed up that process. But some of these timing proposals, particularly on incomplete passes, I think are dead on arrival. Never going to happen on that. Uh, there will be a change, and my understanding is there's broad-based support for um, keeping the clock clock running after first downs with the exception of two minutes before the end of the half or the end of the game. The NFL does this. The NFL game's fine. I mean, they don't even stop the clock inside two minutes. The NFL game's fine. The NFL can play a game in three hours. College should be able to do that, too. Um, I think it's... I think it's ridiculous, frankly, that games last as long as they do. And we get cynical about TV. Well, who cares what TV wants? Let me tell you something. If you're a <laughs> Razorback fan and they play at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you turn on ESPN at 3 and you watch the fourth quarter of the game before and you're punching around trying to find it or you're having to listen to the radio, don't tell me not being able to get a game in in three hours doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when it's your game, but it matters to everybody else. And uh, this is long overdue. Yeah. Uh, there are two things they can do. One of them is what they're talking about right now, and I think it will happen with keep the clock running. The others expedite the replays. You do those two things, you'll get down to three hours pretty quickly, I would imagine. You're going to see an expedited replay been used to approve scores. Uh, we saw it more in the Super Bowl this year on display. We saw it in a few college bowl games, and when – when we say the term expedited replay, what we mean is they're using the on-field communication between the replay booth and the on-field officials through the radios, through the their communication devices, to say, hey, move the ball back a half a yard. That spot was off. Hey, he was out of bounds at the 26-yard line. Set the game clock to 826. There's these simple line calls, spot calls, things that are obvious to the replay official. Radio that down. Fix it in seconds. Don't shut the game down because when you shut the game down, what does CBS or ESPN do? Hey, we'll take a commercial break. Two and a half minutes later, you come More back. Revenue. Hey, the spot of the ball was off half a yard. We're going to move it back to this. You know, you know, clock operator, please reset the game clock. You know, you can do all of that in thirty seconds and still get the outcome you want, which is get the play right. So I do think that's coming and will be more prevalent this season. Ty said something right there that I think. A lot of people say, Ty said, more revenue. That's what a lot of people say when you talk about TV commercials. Mm -hmm. Here's what you got to remember. A lot of that's our money. Yeah. A lot of that's our money. So, I mean, let's not sit here and act like commercials and revenue are, are necessarily bad. I'm not saying anything that generates revenue is good. I'm not one of those people. But, you know, a lot of that's our money. And by our, I mean SEC, University of Arkansas, athletic program. Um, so... You know, there's a reason why they play those commercials. But you can do all that. You can do all that inside a three-hour window. The NFL does it every Sunday. Yep. They do I, it every Sunday. I would be a proponent of expanding second half of the fourth quarter. So let's just say uh, the, the last seven or eight minutes of the fourth quarter, when the game has reached a 28-point margin, we just run the clock. Let's make sure that game following us does get on TV on time. If we're in a four-score game, and figure, and maybe maybe I'm picking the wrong score differential in the wrong time. I think that would be a good one to start the conversation with. But you know, we do this at lower levels. But if and I'm not saying have a pure mercy rule running clock, but run the clock 
you know, after the ball is spotted on an incomplete pass. Run the clock as they do when the ball goes out of bounds. Run the clock on the first downs. I think there could be opportunities to restart the clock when the when the point differential is past a certain point at a certain point in the fourth quarter. I don't disagree with that, but I think you'd have a hard time getting that passed. Um, I think you'd have a hard time getting that passed. I, I don't. Why? I don't disagree Why? with what you're saying. I just don't think people are going to go for that. Because if you're getting you your brains game, beat in by four scores, well, you want out of there too. Tommy, let's go back to what Ty said a minute ago about revenue. You got to play those TV commercials. You got to play the game out. You can't have a mercy rule in college football. And it, you, you, it doesn't work. It won't work given the format of the game with television. You can't have a mercy rule. I really believe, I, and I, I really believe this, if you'll keep the clock running, after first downs, and you'll expedite replays, you'll go from three hours and 20 minutes to three hours and five minutes just like that. Yeah. Because think about it. If you're just pick ESPN, if you have a game at 11, then you can – right now you can't have a game at 11, 2, 5, and 8. And that's really what they'd like to be able to have more inventory for more games to be on. Right now they can effectively only televise three games yeah. a day on a network or a channel. Well, if you could get games – consistently to three hours, now you can go to four. Because they go back to studio for that 20 or 25 minutes in between. Well, they have the to because it's three and a half hours. I mean, you just start adding up yeah. the extra 30 minutes across three games. There's there's not enough room for the fourth game. And on the, on the subject real quick of mercy rule, Tommy, that loses the advantage of playing younger guys and getting guys in that don't get to play. Yeah, but if the goal is to ready. get the game in three hours, that mm-hmm. you're not, you know, that's not the consideration. But I, I think where well, Chuck's coming from that's, is... That's, that's one of the goals. It's not the only goal. Mm-hmm. One of the other goals is to reduce the number of plays in a game. Yeah. You know, um, that's and, and, and that's not necessarily for time. That's a safety issue as well. There are a lot of plays in college football. A lot of plays. And unlike the pros, you can't go sign a free agent when you lose your best player. And um, um, it's, 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 a, it's a complicated issue that goes beyond television, even though I think that's what we all focus on. But from my perspective, that's what it's about mostly, and I think you ought to be able to play a game in three hours. All right, I think your... you ought to be able to play a basketball game in two hours. I, I agree 1,000% with both of those statements. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. Right, let's come back here to Bud Walton Arena where Arkansas thumped Georgia last night by 32. Charlie and Canman, you got some thoughts on the game last night. Thanks for holding, man. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good, man. Well, I've been listening to a lot of this, and I've been enjoying every second of it. Uh, Chuck, you're right. Uh, all you guys are right. they got to get these games down a little bit in college. And, and, Tommy, do you mean I don't have to sit there and look at the officials half the game anymore? They're not going to go keep doing replay? I mean, they're going to take that away from they, me? They won't completely eliminate it, but I think on some of the more basic calls that can I mean, be fixed quickly. Uh, oh, well, you got to remember, the, 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 the on-field officials don't, initiate replay it's someone that it's anonymous up in a booth that that buzzes down stops the game so i don't it's no fun for the guy standing there with a headset waiting on someone else to tell him what to do 
I mean, so, yeah, but, but it's, it's in a lot of cases could be done in seconds instead of minutes. And I, I, I hope they go that path. I think we're already seeing it. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, the pretty obvious things, so they got to go ahead and let's, let's go. And I think Chuck, you made the good point about, or, or somebody did about the, I mean, when you get a first down in college, obviously the clock stops right now. So if you take that away too, that's going to shorten the game. I do want to touch real quick. And I know you guys have already talked about the, um, NATO situation. To me, there are a lot of college, but there are a lot of coaches in general that I have respect for. And I had respect for him until I heard this. And I mean, I've always been told when someone shows who they truly are, believe them. And, you know, the way he, the lack of empathy in that press conference, when it, the only, re- let's be honest, guys, the only reason he went back and apologized is because people were all over him. So, yep. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, I thought the guy was a good dude. I, I thought he, I know he's a great coach, but it's like Beard. I had a lot of respect for him, but once you hear these things happen, you just you lose respect. And at the end of the day, he made a he's gonna he's done made a huge mistake, so he may be out of a job here soon. I do want to say this though: if we talk basketball, Ty, we talked about the other day. Um, I don't think going into Alabama that they were going to have a chance Saturday, but I'll tell you what: now they got a chance. Alabama is as vulnerable now as they have been all year long because of all of this. It's a distraction. It's everything. I mean, and I'm not saying Arkansas is going to go in there and win. I'm not guaranteeing that. But they have as good of a chance to go in there and win now at any point because of all of this. And I'm going to give them a great shot Saturday because of this situation. So, anyways, guys, I'll hang up and listen. Charlie, thanks for the call. I I kind of – held my tongue a little bit in hour one because I wanted to hear what Chuck and Tommy said. I, my dad always said, listen to others before you speak. So I just kind of wanted to hear what they had to say. That's what Arkansas fans are thinking under their breath. It's like, hey, we got a chance to win in Tuscaloosa now. This kid might not play. He's the number one player on the number one team. You're going in their house. And that's that side of things. But if you look at it from the Alabama vantage point and the Alabama perspective and for the fans there and them trying to defend this is just a joke. I mean, it is. And I remember when I was a fifth grader, we got in this huge food fight at school. And I did not throw a single morsel of food, but I gave food to guys that did it. And I asked the principals, like, why am I suspended? I didn't do anything. I just gave up food. I didn't throw anything. It's like, well, you you gave someone to someone who did, and you knew what you were doing. Guys, common sense has to take place here. I mean, you have to you're, – you're given you're a gun. Well, it's not yours. It's not your property. I get that to your buddy after 12 o'clock. What the hell do you think he's going to do with it after 12 well, o'clock? Well, he knew what he was going to do. I mean, he knew what he was going to do with it. So He didn't know somebody's going to get killed, but he knew, I mean, there was a bullet in the chamber. I mean, you don't put a bullet in the chamber till you're ready to shoot that gun. And the slang, and I'm, I'm forgetting, Tommy, you said it, or the, the, the slang that was used. in the hat, yeah, I believe. That, it, the free. And so for the people that knew about this, Nate Oates, who you know, and again, I don't know how far it goes up the the chain with Greg Byrne and the board of trustees and whatever, but the fact that this guy played for, what is it, a, a month now? How long uh, is longer it? Than that, longer than that, over a month. And I get Alabama hasn't been number one in the country in 20 years. I get that. They want their basketball program to be on top. But guys, we have to separate winning at all costs, that phrase, and actually winning at all costs. I mean, you you just can't allow this guy to play. And 
if Nate Oates, I mean, this is like the whole thing. With, uh, this is I know there's some similarities to this and Chris Beard. I mean, I don't know how Nate Oates keeps his job. I mean, I, how is an athletic department, as a board of trustee member, as a donor, are you okay with Brandon Miller playing another second in an Alabama uniform and Nate Oates coaching another second? I don't think that he's going to be off the bench tonight. I think Oates will be there tonight, and maybe Miller's there, but he doesn't play. But how can you actually make enough excuses and enough reasons to set to validate them finishing out this season or playing or coaching another second? Oates coaching under a contract that was extended and raised during all of this. Am I, I'm right about that. I believe you the, are, time, the time you know, line is correct. So yeah. if, if you are... Greg Byrne, who pushed that through the process. And and listen, these contract extensions and raises take months, not weeks, generally to get done, but generally require board approval. Who all knew about the the true facts of this? Because I'm not, Chuck, I'm not in believing, Ty, I'm not believing for a minute that all of this was a great revelation to Nate Oates and the university somehow yesterday. I think they've known about Brandon Miller and the other team player, other members of the team's involvement in this. Uh, for for weeks and weeks now, this was not some grand um, re- revival of information, revelation of information yesterday when it started hitting the media. Well, no, and that's what made the events of the day what Oates said. For those who don't know, I mean, Oates said you can't control what players do when they're away from the practice facility, and he said he hasn't done anything wrong. He's not in any trouble. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, that's 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 what Oates said initially. I'll go back to what Charlie said a minute ago. When somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. Uh, the statement they released last night was obviously written by, to me, uh, not a media relations person within the athletic department, but a media relations person within the university itself. Um, it a crisis manager. <laughs> Who it, wrote it? It it immediately um, went beyond athletics. Um, after Oates made his comment yesterday, I, the athletics department is not going to handle this anymore because they've shown they can't, and uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to turn this over to somebody else. There's going to be fallout on this. I think there are going to be people that um, uh, I hesitate to say people are going to get fired, but I suspect that is probably what's going to happen when this is all said and done. Um, you know, again, as I said in the first hour, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about this from a basketball perspective. I mean, it's, it's, it's embarrassing to sit here and in the back of my mind think, well, maybe the Hogs have a better chance Saturday. I know we're all thinking that, but this goes way, way, yeah. way beyond that. Sure. Way beyond that. Kid. But, but, but that's, the, that's the, as Ruskin likes to say, that's the quiet part that gets said out loud. Everybody quietly, while not saying it out loud, that's an I Arkansas know. Razorback no, fan, is I quietly understand. thinking to themselves, Man, this might help you actually get a win there Saturday. I mean, and you're right; it's not the thir- it shouldn't be the first or even second thing you think. But uh, well, you know, anyone that says they haven't had that thought's lying. It's a sad commentary on everybody because if you're Alabama, you're willing to put up with anything to win, and if you're the fan of another team, you're willing to say, "Well, will this give us a chance to win?" So, I mean, uh, uh, again, uh, uh, someone was murdered, a uh, mother of a child, you know, a daughter, a mother. Uh, um, uh, can't lose sight of that. How, how is you, Nate Oates, who you are supposed to walk into a young man's living room with their mom and dad and look them in the eye from any point on and say that you're a leader of young men after this occurred? Well, that's a, you know that that's a fair question. I mean, how can I, I legitimately do not know? And again, I've never been in this crisis or situation. I know some people have said that, but I don't know how you do that. 
Well, you know, here's the, I mean, here's the thing. I, I mean, this is a guy, as you say, that is supposed to be a leader. Uh, this is, and in every leader's tenure, whether you're the president of the United States or the president of a company, there's going to be a crisis moment. There's going to be a crisis moment you did not prepare for. There's nothing in the manual about how to do this. And you've got nothing to go by in terms of how others have done it. You know, uh, you sure don't follow the Dave Bliss model from years ago. Um, and that's where you determine your medal. Nate Oates was a high school coach less than 10 years ago, and I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that. But I wonder how prepared for this moment he was. I'm not talking about, is he a great coach? I'm not talking about, is he a great recruiter? I'm not talking about any of that stuff. What I'm talking about is, are you prepared for that moment? Because it's coming. It's coming. And uh, if you're not prepared for it, it can ruin your career. And I kind of think that's where he's at today. But we'll see. Hey, let me break for just a second and talk about V's Barbershop. You know, V's Barbershop is what a barbershop really ought to be. You know, um, you walk in and you got straight edge razor shaves. You got hot lather. You got the old time feel, a nostalgic feel when you walk into V's Barbershop. It feels like you're in a barbershop. It's not one of those in and out places that a lot of them are now. I think that's going to be your experience at V's Barbershop. And, you know, again, when you're talking about the real barber chair and the real hot leather and a straight edge razor shave, hey, that's what it's all about if you're a guy. Um, but it's a lot more than that. They, you know, they facilitate all age groups, you know, young, old, whatever. Uh, facial and massage, straight razor shaves, as we mentioned. They'll trim your beard. They'll trim your mustache. shine your shoes, shave your neck, all that stuff. And uh, they'll probably talk a little sports in there, too. Now, they've got two locations in northwest Arkansas. They're in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers, and they're at 100 Southwest Street in Bentonville. That's just west of 71B. Southwest 14th Street, I'm sorry, just west of 71B. You can always log on to vbarbershop.com. I know the, the vantage point, again, you have to come from. You start where, hey, someone was murdered. But I hope Alabama gets hammered. I hope they get. Their football program's been cheating for years, and I know their basketball program has probably had a thing or two that's happened. I hope they get hammered on this. I mean, it, it, the fact that they have done so many things over the years on the football side of things and haven't and just skated by, not gotten anything, I hope this basketball program, Oats, all of them get destroyed after this. Destroyed. I hope they burn it to the ground. Well, it's going to be an interesting day, I'm sure. It's going to be an interesting week, and um, they've... Um you know, they got a lot to do down there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we speak of this in terms of, in fact, I almost said it right there. They've got a lot to clean up. You know, that's the natural thing. We got to clean it up. Um, sometimes you make a mess you can't clean. And I'm kind of thinking that's where they are. You know, and just we, we, we hesitate to come back to the basketball, but the reality is they have a game tonight against South Carolina who hadn't played well at home. We're talking about the number two team in the country against the worst team in the conference. Uh, it will be interesting to see when basketball is probably the last thought on anybody in that basketball program's mind how they actually perform. they got to get on the road, get out of town, get on a plane, all the things that logistically have to take place. How does this Alabama team, number two in the country, probably going to be a one seed overall based on things as we know them now, how in the world do they play tonight in Columbia, South Carolina, where seemingly everyone's got to win and certainly a team of their magnitude wins convincingly? 
Yeah, I mean, and, and before you even get to the game, I mean, yeah. is Brandon Miller going to play? Is Nate Oates going to coach? Do they get on the plane even? Well, they were on the plane well, I guess last they, night. Yeah, I guess they're and, already and, there. That's and, right. And, and that's one of the things that I'm going to be interested to see if we hear something within the next hour or two. Because, um, you know, all this was breaking yesterday. Notes, uh, Oates did his press conference in Tuscaloosa. Well, I'm sure they got on a plane later in the day and flew to South Carolina. I'm going to guess when the university released that statement for him last night um, that they wrote. And um, I'm, I would guess he was in Columbia, South Carolina then. I don't know if Brandon Miller was on the plane. I have no idea. But... Um, Today's going to be a very interesting day in terms of their program. I've never, I never wanted to see an Alabama South Carolina game as bad as I want to watch some of that tonight. I'll tell you that. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is a uh, this is a bad deal. Mm. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. way beyond basketball. And again, it's it's almost embarrassing to focus on the basketball. All right, we'll uh, we'll come back to the conversation some more. Baseball wins, but it has to come from behind to do it. And the Hogs win convincingly over Georgia last night. 97 to 65, all on the table here this morning. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. And I bet, honestly, Nate Oates' family is ashamed of what's gone on the last 24 hours, really the last month or so. But if you haven't heard this little excerpt from yesterday's press conference from Nate Oates, here's what he had to say in the situation involving his star player, Brandon Miller. It's sad. We knew about that. I mean, you know, can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble on this case. Like, in the wrong spot at the wrong time. So out of touch. I mean, you break down that sentence by sentence, you know, can they control what they do outside of practice? No. I mean, but there's a time and a place to say certain things. And I, I'm just mesmerized. I'm just dumbfounded how if they've known about this for days or weeks or a month or 12 minutes, however long it's been, Chuck, how could you come out when you've got media relations people all around you at a university and say something so out of touch, so tone deaf, so stupid? 
when you're the head coach and everybody is waiting for you to make a statement. And I just don't understand how you could be that unprepared for a press conference. Well, I think it was Dan Wetzel that wrote in his column about it, used the word incomprehensible. And, I mean, that pretty much sums yeah. it up. I mean, it's just impossible to comprehend. I mean, to me, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who believes even when you listen to someone, you can hear their body language. I don't think you have to see it. I think you can hear it. Kind of like you can, you know, you can hear a smile when somebody's talking on the radio. Um, what I hear there's indifference. Um, I hear a guy doesn't want to be bothered by that. Yeah, we knew about that. Um, well, you're right. You can't control what a guy does when he leaves practice, but you can sure control how you handle it after he does it. You've got control over that. Um Wrong place, wrong time doesn't quite sum up taking uh-huh. a gun over there that ultimately was used to take somebody's life. Yeah, we'll never, um, that just doesn't quite that just doesn't quite cover it. You know, in, I'm sure this will get asked in press conferences around not just this conference but the country and what. Hey, and I don't know what's going to be said by other coaches, and and we have no way of knowing. But I just wonder what in the coaching community, you know, what what other coaches think. You know, if they if they, you know, if they go and ask. Eric Musselman, or you go and, you know, just, just pick a Bruce Pearl or Rick Barnes. You just go and start picking and just throwing names out. I wonder what they privately, collectively think as coaches about how this has been handled. They won't say it publicly, but it's a black eye on that. And well, makes I the think profession look thinking, bad. I think what they're thinking is, well, man, I, I got rid of this guy for far less than that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I, I think that's what probably a coach thinks, if you want to get right down to it. Um uh, this is um, this is bad. I mean, it's bad. We as a society are so indifferent to gun violence these days that we forget that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, and again, I, I, I'm embarrassed to even bring up basketball in relation to this. This is not about basketball. Um, this is, uh, um, in my opinion, frankly, um, it's about a lot of young administrators, young coaches. Greg Burns not... He's not as seasoned as some. I know he's been around the block. He's well-respected. I'm not knocking him as an individual. But every leader, from the president of the United States right on down to the, you know, the, the, the manager of the smallest crew in America, um, you're going to have that moment. You're going to have that moment. And sometimes it's a defining moment. And if you're not prepared for it, you can be defined and just basically done in a hurry. And I'm not sure Nate Oates is not there. You know, um, I'm not so sure this is not the defining moment of his career, even more so than winning a national championship would be. Maybe the end of some careers. It may be the end of Nate Could Oates. Be. I mean, we'll we'll see. Some you know, oftentimes the higher up the food chain you go, the more insulated you can get, but. It's still, I, I have a hard time believing that Greg Byrne was not aware of all of the facts of the matter and, you know, signed off to some degree by virtue of allowing it to happen, Miller to continue to play. And, well, you know, but how, but, but at the same time, how intense is the scrutiny and the heat going to be from the fans, from the board of trustees, from the donors, all the, you know, all the, the stakeholders, if you will, in their program? I want to know where the president of the university is. I want to know where the chancellor and the provost, I want to know where all those people are, the faculty representatives. I want to know where they are. Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. The basketball coach knew, you can be guaranteed the president of the university knew. And if he knew, you can be guaranteed pretty much everybody on that board knew. Um, That's the shameful part in this to me is all the people that knew, all the people that knew, and they put winning basketball games above that. 
I'm not naive. I know how things work. I've been in this game a long time. I've seen some things that, boy, I just have to turn and walk away from. But, um, you know, this is, this is one of those situations where these guys were not prepared for their moment. We say it's about winning basketball games. I think you're right at the core. But I think sometimes it's, it's not so much about the winning as it is about avo- avoiding the embarrassment of, of going public with all Sometimes of the details. Sometimes it is. I, you know, I, yes, they want to win, but if you're sitting in the, in the saddle and you're making these decisions and you're Greg Burner, and I don't know who the president at Alabama is, or and, and all that chain of administration, sometimes it's man, just the, the embarrassment. It, it, the, the wins and the losses are secondary to, I don't want, you know, let's see if we can get this swept under the rug because it's the embarrassment of the situation in the moment. Sometimes that's true. I don't think it's true here. This is about winning. This is about winning, pure and simple. If Alabama was what they've typically been in basketball, wouldn't have been handled like this. This is the intoxication of winning. He is that close. They are that close. They can smell it. They're going to be the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm telling you, when you get in that situation, it overrides every bit of common sense you have as a human being. And that's what happened to them. It's what's happening to them now. Yes, you're right. Sometimes the embarrassment to the university is the most important thing. That ultimately, or generally, comes from the fallout. But the reason they're making these decisions right now is they can taste it. They're right there, and they don't want to blow it. Again, a woman was murdered. We mentioned that. But from a basketball standpoint, we've talked about how the NCAA selection show is looking at Arkansas now with the addition of Nick Smith Jr., how do you look at Alabama now if Brandon Miller is no longer playing the rest know. of the year? How do you look know. at what they've done this season, what they do in the next four games, and how do you match that up with what they've been as a basket a collective basketball team this season? And I haven't ju- even thought about that because a woman was murdered. I haven't even thought about that. You know, it, it, but the reality is that decision has to be made mm-hmm. by the committee. I mean, your, your, your question's fair because there's going to be a time that comes. Now, there's still, what, three tonight, two next week, three regular season games. They got four because they got... They got, they got tonight, Saturday. Yeah, right, four. They got four games uh, remaining in the regular season, a game or two. They got five or six regular season games perhaps still to play out before you go on to the seed line. What if... These kind of distractions, you could see this team going two and three, one and four. I mean, I know they're the number two team mm-hmm. in the country, but if the coach isn't there, the star player isn't there, and this thing starts to unravel, well, the idea of them falling from 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 grace and glory pretty quick is not too far fetched. This is not going to happen. But you know, New Mexico State canceled their season over some incidents that happened. That nobody died. They were horrible. They were horrible. Nobody died. They canceled their season over that. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen at Alabama. I'm smart enough to know it's not. But um, I don't even know how to get to the basketball on this. I mean, honestly, I, I, I would not know how to get to the basketball. If I was in Alabama, for example, or, or even in the situation we're in right now, how do you tactfully get to the basketball? Because this issue is so far beyond that, more so than a lot of issues that you deal with in college athletics. This is, not, this is not a DUI. This is not shoplifting. This is not even as horrible as a lot of these he said, she said stories are. It's so far even above that. 
I don't know how you get to the basketball. It's hard for us to get there and even talk about it and feel okay. This is Baylor. Can you imagine what it must be like for the people within that organization right now? This is Dave Bliss. This is Baylor. This is this is in its own category. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's just um, you know just hard to comprehend. But does, go does ahead. the league have an obligation? Does Sankey have an obligation to make a statement, make a declaration, step in? Well, I think he stepped in. I think he stepped in. I, I, I guarantee you that the SEC is involved in all this, but I don't know in terms of issuing a release or saying something official about it. I don't know. But, uh, oh, I guarantee you, guys, there were phone conversations late into the night last night, and they've resumed already this morning. Has Sankey, and the conference is involved in that. They haven't put out a state as the SEC. I haven't seen okay. it. It's happened. Oh, I, I don't know it. that they will. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know that they will, but I think it'd be naive to believe that Greg Sankey's not involved in this now. Probably wasn't until yesterday afternoon, but I'll bet he is this morning. He was like, now you're telling me what? <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a lawyer by trade. I mean, he's been a commissioner in, in college athletics his, in his career, but, I mean, he, he is a – is an attorney, so he he is well versed in what you know, probably the process and and what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. I heard Nick Smith talk about competing against his friend Brandon Miller last night at the tail end of the press conference. That's what John and Springdale wants to talk about. There is a connection there, John, that I think you want to bring up. Yeah, I just wonder if it would affect him, his game. You know, being a good friend, you know that something like that happened to you, it'd have to affect your feelings. I think it has to. I mean, it has to. Right? Well, I we don't, don't know even, the answer to that. We don't I even don't know, know if Brandon's going to compete on Saturday against Nick Smith Jr. We don't know if he's going to play tonight in Columbia, South Carolina. What, what is y'all's gut on tonight's game? Well, once you pull him off the floor or Nate Oates off the bench, there is no, well, he'll be back Saturday. Back. I mean, there is, I mean, once they pull the plug, and that's my feeling. My, Chuck, what do you think? Well, I know what they should do. And I think everybody knows what they should do, and they know what they should do. It's do they have the guts to do it. Um, you know, I don't know if they will or not. I uh, I would be surprised. Just you know, if you pin me to the wall, I, I'd be surprised if Brandon Miller plays tonight. But there's also a part of me that if he's running out there, um, you know, I wouldn't be floored. Yeah. As the cynical Razorback fan, I would say they would suspend him following the Arkansas game. But that would be the cynical <laughs> Razorback basketball take on it. Yeah. Timeline on Chris Beard, wasn't he off the bench after that all came out immediately, if I remember that correctly? I think they... they yeah, he was it, suspended that day. Was it Rod, was is it Rodney that Terry that's taken mm-hmm. over? Right. So I, And he's been there ever since. And, of course, Chris Beard let go after that. I I mean, Texas, Delicante was pretty swift on that action, it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, it happened, um, you know, he was he was suspended pretty quickly and ultimately lost his job and... Uh, we're going to have to see how all this thing unfolds down there. Yeah. But the University of Alabama is in the spotlight right now. Southeastern Conference is in the spotlight right now. And um, I, I would expect this isn't going to be handled by the athletics department today. They've proven they can't handle it. This, this is going to be handled by the higher-ups now. You know, I think the other question fans are asking themselves, and I don't understand it all, even though uh, we, you know, we do watch a lot of Madlock around here, Chuck. Um, how is there not criminal charges? And, and you know, the, the, I've read, you know, the grand jury, and I guess the process works. Either a prosecutor can bring charges or they defer it to the grand jury, and I think that's where this testimony was coming from the police yesterday. So I guess we could see Brandon Miller have charges 
brought to uh, you know brought on him an indictment. I guess it would be by the grand jury, but I guess that process hasn't played out. So I think that's a big question with a lot of people: is how are there not already charges with Brandon Miller? And I don't know enough about all of it to to fully explain it. Well, I don't either. And the last thing I want to do is try to play lawyer. Uh, but did you watch ha- Matlock? Even though I have watched okay. Matlock, a series from nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety six. There you well, go. You know, uh, um, but I mean, it's uh, uh, apparently. Uh, the prosecutor made the decision not to bring charges as a prosecutor, but rather turn it over to the grand jury and allow them to do that for her um, is sort of the way that was my read on it, um, that it would have been very, very difficult for an elected prosecutor um, to file those charges. It would have been difficult to do. Tough call. A lot easier to turn it over to a grand jury and let them do it Are for you it. saying politics was in play? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's just... Uh, these, uh, are, these are elected officials. So. Look, you know, I'm not going to cast so many stones that I won't act like that, you know, we've not had some bad situations here over the years and that other places have not had bad situations over the years. But nobody's been shot. You know, nobody's been shot and killed. Um, nobody's provided a gun to allegedly a teammate that shot and killed a woman or was involved in it in some form or fashion. And, you know, they knew this was going to happen. I mean, they knew this testimony was coming, and um, obviously they were ill-prepared. And that's why I say that I would suspect everything that happens today is going to be handled by people outside the athletic department. Guys, y'all pay attention to the stock market. Pay attention to the stock market. Yeah. Ty, Ty, do you do that? No. Are you that far along yet? No. Well, well, your time's coming. I'll tell you how you can learn. The Market Moment podcast is is really, I think, for for people in our area uh, that do pay attention to that, very educational. There have been some gains, been a little bit of decline lately. Several factors are at play, as they always are. But the guys at the Market Moment take a look in this week's podcast at all of that. And you can check out the latest episode by heading to Mach1FG.com. These are local financial professionals. And again, the website, M-A-C-H, Mach1, the number one, FG.com. Mach1 Financial Group LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. They're located in Bentonville, Arkansas. For full disclosures, visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures. Ty takes all of his Wall Street advice from the Wolf of Wall Street. That's that's yeah, that's Jordan, the movie. He... Jordan Belfort, man. <laughs> hey, this is the original gambling right here. Stock market. Yeah. This is right up your alley, oh, yeah. Ty. I, I, I've been thinking about this all morning. Brandon Miller had his entire life in front of him, right? It's going to be a future lottery pig on the number one team in the country. And I, I've said before, I mean, I've been arrested. I didn't allegedly <laughs> give a gun away to someone that ended up shooting someone. But I, I just don't know. I've said before also, 1822, dumbest years of your entire life. But how does common sense not come into play there? I mean, how... Well, it's not again, as common as it used to be. I, I, for Brandon, like, how do you put yourself in that situation whatsoever? I, I just, I, I don't think... That, 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 I, I'm still trying to put those pieces well, together. Well, let's like, not be naive. There are players with guns on every team. Yeah, no, and I was talking to Tommy about that. Every team. I had buddies who were in the Army, because I think you had to be in the Army to get a concealed carry at 18. I mean, I had I. Had, I have buddies that had guns that never bothered me. They brought guns in places, but I never thought once, well, they're about to kill someone. 
I just they had a consent Well, uh, you know, why he did it, I mean, sure, common sense should have told you not to do that, but obviously it didn't. And if common sense took over, well, we, you know, we wouldn't have the gun violence we have in our country today. So, I mean, what he did, unfortunately, uh, people do every day. This is not to me. Um, why he did it doesn't matter. The story to me is how the adults have reacted. That's the story. Um, again, as you know, the old saying goes, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. And um, this is, um, is going to be far-reaching. But I think it goes beyond why would Brandon Miller do that. What because did you he's know? a knucklehead. He's an 18-year-old knucklehead. Yeah. That's why. What did you know and when did you know it? Those are going to be a lot of... They knew it all that day. It'll be a lot of things. But they knew the, it all that day. You know, did everyone on the board know it? Did the chancellor know it? Did Greg? Bur- I mean, who who knew what? Nick Saban know it. it. Yeah, I mean, those are. Hey, the only thing I'd wonder about if I was a board member is uh, did I know about that before I voted for that big raise? Yeah. You know, now look if 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 he goes after this, it's for cause, and you don't owe him a nickel. But um, you know, that's 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 on down the road. Could we see a NATO's resignation in the next week or two? No, I wouldn't mm. think he'd resign. I wouldn't think he'd resign. He might get fired, but I wouldn't think he'd resign. He went in too many games. I mean, look, I remember, and this was on a much, much smaller scale, uh, the LSU fans took up for Will Wade like, you know, he was the most honest guy out there. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, and look, I mean, fan bases can get jaded in a hurry. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.